Welcome to Close the Door and Come Here, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast with heavy leaning towards our two favorite characters, Jamie and Brienne. Man, there was something out there, all black and brown and covered in hair. Hi, I'm Clotho, and you can find me at Clotho Spindle on Twitter, and I'm joined with Guile. Hey, I'm Guile, and I tweet at Door Podcast. And Kama. Hi, I'm Kama, and you can find me at the hyphen real hyphen comma splice on Tumblr. We're going to be discussing Arya's eighth chapter in A Storm of Swords with all the usual trigger warnings for rape and violence. Uh, so let's jump right in. Uh, the Brotherhood Without Banners made camp at the top of High Heart. Um, the sun's setting, they've started this really, this huge fire, and, you know, Thoros is doing his stare into the flames thing, and uh, Beric's squire Ned is there, and, you know, they're kind of, he's talking with Arya and telling her that, you know, Thoros sees the, you know, visions, the past and future, and, you know, events, it can also be events that are far away, so Gendry kind of asks, you know, at that point, like, if he, you know, asks Thoros, you know, does he really see the future? And he's he's like, not right now, but some days I can. And, you know, Gendry's pretty dubious about all this and says that um, Tobo Mott uh, called, you know, the Thoros a sot and a fraud. And Thoros basically admits, you know, he was given to the Red Temple when he was a child. And, you know, this is not any kind of path that he would have chosen when he was that, you know, for his life at that point. And um that, you know, he did see visions is what it sounds like, but he was kind of troublesome to them. So they pretty much sent him over to King's Landing, uh, where King Robert became fond of him. And, you know, he did his whole, he would do his whole tricks with the swords. And um, at this point, it's kind of like this little moment where Beric appears behind Thoros and, and he says, and I'll do this little quote, it's fire consumes and... Um, there was something in his voice that silenced Thoros at once. It consumes, and when it is done, nothing is left. Nothing. And then he turns away. Um, I don't know, was there like a... Because then it kind of go on after this, but was there any significance that I'm not picking up on that? Is it kind of just talking about how, you know, well, uh, that he was a fraud at first, and now it's kind of, you know... No, because he says, you know, you know, he's never... he's He says six times is too many. So I think uh, he's talking about that himself. Okay. That, like, fire has consumed him, and there's nothing left of him. Okay. Which just, like, like when I read this chapter, that, like, gave me such, like, a lump, like, because, again, like, just I, I wasn't, you know, rereading Arya's chapters in this book, like, it becomes, like, her chapters are much more of a story of the brotherhood. And, I mean, I've enjoyed that a lot. And just, like, there's so much depth to Beric in these chapters. And that was just, like, really heart, it was, like, really heartbreaking, like, that he, he's aware that there's nothing left, like there's nothing human left of him, you know, yeah. and it's just so sad. And it kind of makes sense to me why he, like, it makes sense in what we know is coming with, with Catelyn. Yeah. Like, right. He's done. I think the sense I got from that whole conversation, like his appearance in it is he's kind of done. Yeah. yeah. I mean, compared to like, God, if you think about it, you know, Catelyn, just the, being reborn once i assume that's you know this is it's crazy that he's made it that many times and had any vestige left and he's like 24 yeah. 25 uh, years old too, you know yeah, yeah. so young yeah. well and he had like 
before he went off with the, I mean, like we, we find out later in the chapter. I mean, he had like stuff was mm-hmm. going to happen for him. It's not right. like he was, you know, some rando dude with nothing going on. I mean, he had a life and family and. Yeah. Yeah. Cause we're going to get there. That stuff's kind of heavy. Um, oh God. Um, while everyone is sleeping, Aria sees a small pale shape creeping behind the horses and it's a small woman and she describes her as no more than three feet tall and have long flowing, you know, white hair and very pale, of course, you know, this kind of ghostly imagery and Ariel listens, you know, as she approaches the fire and sits with Lord Beric, um, Thoros and Lem. And, you know, there's this little discussion, she kind of, they give her wine and, you know, at one point I think she asks, what is a Lem? She asks her for a kiss. He's like, no, you're not going to get that from me. And, um, you know, sounds pretty lonely, and she's like, you know, she's like, okay, well, I want a song from Tom of Sevens, like, in return for the news. Um, so, and her, their news, or the prophecy that she's giving, that she's seen is, uh, these. this is the description, that the Kraken King has died, um, iron squids have turned on each other, uh, she recounts, you know, Lord Hoster Tully has died as well, and the goat sits fevered and alone as the great dog descends on him. Um, she dreamt of a howling, a wolf howling in the rain, but no one heard his grief. There was a clangor of drums, pipes, horns, screams, and the sad song of little bells. Um, and a maid at a feast with venomous serpents in her hair. And all of this, we kind of know, you know, <laughs> I'd say we know all this. Um, the, and later the same maid slaying a savage giant in a castle built of snow. Um, and I'll just read this one last part before we discuss this, but at the end of the prophecy, she suddenly turns and stares directly at Aria, and she told her to come closer. She says, I see you, she whispered. I see you, wolf child, blood child. I thought it was the Lord who smelled of death. She began to sob, her little body shaking. You are the cruel, or you are cruel to come to my hill, cruel. I gorged on grief at Summer Hall. I need none of yours. Be gone from here, dark heart. Be gone. So there's a lot in there. Um... <sighs> Oh man, uh, yeah. So, I mean, the only thing, and I just kind of, you know, refreshed my mind was that last part about, you know, I'm assuming Sansa and the idea of the maid slaying a savage giant in a castle, castle built of snow. So it seems like the consensus is that's Littlefinger, but people are like, oh, it could be the just her ripping up the, what was it, the, there was the snow castle that, yeah, yeah, you know, with Robert, uh, Aaron. I guess I just took it yeah. always literally, but that's probably yeah. not not right. Yeah, some people are like Littlefinger. Like, that's what I found. Like, the theories, because they said that the giant, like, there's some kind of his house. Is it like the house symbol? Like a, a stone head or something? I don't know. But, a um, little bit of debate about that. And, and the rest of it's pretty, you know, clear. <laughs> and just, like, her reaction to Arya is always uh. struck. But, like, you know, a little odd given, you know, what is she what is she seeing you know she yeah. i mean obviously like the weasel soup killed you know like that incident killed quite a few people and stuff but i don't think aria's like you know head count is significantly higher than anyone else there so like yeah i mean in her future like yeah i mean and i didn't know if it was just george trying to give oh you know more of his like oh this dark child you know i didn't know if that was his just try, him just trying to lay it on thick or if it really might be something you know, going for the future, like a prophecy type thing. Yeah. I think it could be either. Just her grief, you know, like her grief, like what, I mean, because we know, you know, at this point, Arya, I mean, I feel like 
grief, like, yes, you know, Ned and, you know, she's lost some people and she's feeling, you know, a little abandoned, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't have, you know, grief as like the main, the main adjective about her at this point. Yeah. So that's always struck me as maybe referring to something later on too. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It's just the whole thing. And you know, you could tell in it that he describes how it really, it really does she's scared i mean she says she's not but you know she's she if it affects her um you know she kind of makes like a brave face when she goes up to her but it's just you know everything that's got chill you know from hearing <laughs> this and she's concerned because this is scary shit she's hearing about her family right and she's like nine years old right yeah say this to a nine-year-old like geez yeah that's why like it was like thorough steps in he's like you know he's like he tells her to stop frightening her um and barrack's trying to like you know trying to calm things down a little bit and says like you know i'm still gonna take area they keep insisting i'm taking her to river run to her mother um but then the woman she's like you know she said no the black fish holds the rivers and they must go to the twins if they want to find her mother where there's a wedding and and then you know she kind of leaves it at that and demands her payments. And um, th- this is very, like, it was very sad. Like when you just say Tom and they give this brief, uh, George gives a brief description of how she's, she closes her eyes and rocks slowly back and forth. And she's murmuring the words as she cries when he sings my Jenny's song. Um, yeah. And, you know, Thoris is taking Arya aside at this point and assuring her again that they're going to find her mother wherever she is. So it's just very, you know, uh, they say how old she is like is there um like actually documented does anyone know like this woman like this sad (laughs) she's really you know someone that was like jenny like if she's the wood with the woods witch that jenny of old stones knows then you know that's all over a hundred wow yeah i don't know i'm looking on the wiki because Oh, they've got no age on there, so... Okay, so it's kind of a mystery, just what adds to the ghost. We don't... I mean, we we have hints of what happened at Summer Hall, but we don't really know. Yeah. You know, that's the thing. We will never really know. Um, Yeah, so they have no idea. I'm just guessing very, very old. Yeah, it seems like a kind of a tormented life, if you think about it. She's got a kind of... You know, she gives these prophecies and has these visions, and then kind of it seems like, you know... Maybe it's because of the age of just getting stuck in like a past traumatic event, but that's just kind of sad. Well, I mean, that's half of the characters in this yeah, series yeah. are stuck in mm-hmm. some moment in time. They've never been able to let go or move on. And, you know, they're that's Coping, yeah. not unlike their people like that in life, yeah. I guess. Yeah. You know, I mean, do we think she's a child of the like one of the children of the fourth? Oh, uh, yeah, supposed to assume. Yeah, oh, that's even, yeah, exactly, even sadder. <laughs> Yeah, who, you know, like, why is she, yeah, like, she's some long, 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 long-term survivor. Right. So, a uh, storm comes, and she vanishes, like, a, suddenly she has appeared, and um, they leave to seek better shelter. Um, there's a banded vi- village at the bottom of the hill, not too far away, but um, it's pretty, you know, slow, like, they're through, going through mud, and it's raining, so it's not pleasant, and some of the guys are sick, and they call it, they have a chill and a cough, and... Um, on the ride, I thought this was interesting too because they keep making like Arya Ned talk, and they me- and mention that Arya notices that Gendry does not like Ned. Um, as she's asked about Ned's past, so I wonder if that's a little indication that he's like, I don't know if there's any jealousy there, like if that's what that was supposed to mean, or just because she's been talking to him a lot. But I don't know. Maybe it's reading I mean, into jealousy, like a little, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Um, so he he's explaining how he became Barrack's page, you know, when he was seven, and you know his aunt was I think was she's betrothed to him, and yeah, uh, he was in the Battle of Mummer's Ford, and she you know she briefly thinks okay, well at one point she wants to tell him she killed somebody when she was eight, she doesn't do that, and um and uh you know he was there when Barrack was injured by the lance and. Um, he mentions seeing, you know, because she mentions that's my father's name is Ned, and how he saw, you know, her father at the hands tourney, and and then he asks about John Snow, and she's kind of like, oh, why is he asking about you know John Snow? And he explains like that John was his milk brother, and that I don't know, Willa or Wyla was uh John's mother, and she nursed them both. And Arya's shocked, and you know, because she's like, John doesn't know whose mother is, and he's and she, she's thinking, I'm gonna tell him this when I see him, um, and she's like. I'm, I'll punch you if you're lying, because that's how shocked she is about all of this. But he swears in his honor, and at that point, she finds out that he's Edric Dane, Lord of Starfall. And, and this little funny part, Gendry overhears and groans, lords and ladies, in a disgusted tone, and Arya throws a crab apple at him. So I thought that was kind of like a little cute interaction. <laughs> oh, Gendry's just over that. Um. You know, it's one of those where... Anyone's telling the st- like, if you recall, like some of the descriptions of the tourney at Harrenhal and stuff, where Mira and um, Jojen are telling Bran, and they're like acting really surprised that he doesn't know about this at all. <laughs> and like, I think Ned is super awkward in the scene because as he starts talking about like Ashara and stuff, like he he's uncomfortable because he assumes that Arya knows like that the name Ned Dane is going to like Dane is going to mean something negative to Arya because of what happened to his aunt. But like none of the Stark kids have ever been told Jack shit about this. (laughs) You know? So it's, yeah. Can you imagine how shocking it is that somebody who's, I mean, he's a few years older, basically your peer is like, Oh yeah, and and he's like exactly what he's telling her, and and he seems kind of hesitant, and he is apologetic afterwards because when he realizes, you know, she's he tells the story how she dumped in the sea, and or his aunt, other aunt told him that you know Ashara's heart was broken by Arya's father Ned, and Arya's like, no, the only woman my father ever loved was my mother, and Gendry pipes up like uh, that. He must have found the bastard under a cabbage leaf, if that's the case. <laughs> <laughs> I think maybe he's trying to diffuse it a little bit because like, oh, I wish I'd known my own father. And But yeah, it's pretty upsetting to her. You know, she's just, that's a crazy story. It's gossip. And I guess to him, he's heard the story so much, but he, you know, he tries to apologize, but that's pretty upsetting for her. <laughs> and like, I understand why Ned wouldn't tell, you know, his kids <laughs> yeah. about it. But, you know, like, the things, like, that Mir and Joe, like, some of that other stuff, it's like, they literally, like, I'm surprised they've ever heard of the tourney at Harrenhal. <laughs> like, like, really, <laughs> nothing about, like, what was clearly the most famous event of its time, you know? Right. Well, I mean, it happens. I mean, I <laughs> just came back from a family reunion where I learned some stuff, and everyone was really shocked I didn't know. But when you think about it, I mean, who's going to tell, you know, there's certain things you don't tell little kids. Or, you know, it's just like I get I get totally why Ned Stark would not be telling his kids about a sure day. Yeah. Um, the tourney at Harrenhal, it, it's probably touchy because of the whole Leanna thing, I guess. But, yeah, it's it's sort of like, oh, God, who was it? I was reading. Um, oh, I think I was reading something about Jane Fonda, who didn't know for the longest time that her mother committed suicide till like she read it in the paper or something. Oh, wow. You know, people don't necessarily share this stuff, right? So I get it. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah, I mean these kids. Yeah, these kids. I mean, in general, the Stark kids were pretty sheltered. So. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, honestly, it's probably for the best because you could you imagine? Plus, she's little. She's only like she's still only eight, right? Or was she eight? Well, is that now or something? This is the kind of thing where in a different world where, you know, their family's not torn asunder and yeah. they're not traitors to the crown, where, you know, 20 years later, she's off sitting with some third cousins or <laughs> <Yeah>. whatever, <laughs> and people are getting drunk and she learns it all. Yeah. That's where you learn this kind of stuff. You don't generally pull in the nine-year-old to go, hey, <laughs> did you know about your dad? <laughs> and his previous <laughs> girlfriend? And, and that's what kind of like, you know, the, the next part it leads into. That's why Harwin sees her. She's had enough of the conversation. She rides off and he catches hold of her bridle. And it's, part of it's a warning not to run off. But he's like, you know, he he knows the story Ned told her. And he's explaining, you know, at the time, you know, Brandon was still alive. And he was betrothed to Catelyn, not Ned. And that, you know, Ned was a free man. He suggests that maybe Lady Ashara killed herself from grief over the death of her brother, the Sword of the Morning, Sir Arthur Dane, and not Ned. You know what I mean? That it wasn't, it could be just all hearsay, you know? I did like where he was just basically like, everyone <laughs> had attorney and stuff happens. Right, right, right. And, he's, and, and also, I think he has a good point. Like, he reminds her they're all dead. You just let them lie in peace. And I think, you know, I think I've sort of said that to people in my family. But I'm like, yeah, a lot of these people are dead. Like, don't try not to think about it anymore there's nothing you can do at some point there's you're not going to get any answers from them any of them you'll never know so try to think the best i mean i know it's like more harm than good and like you know lamenting it too much but um yeah so yeah she's kind of you could tell she's getting to the end of her rope here and the village um, when they're in the village the notch explains that it's you know they're talking about they go into this village and it's abandoned and you know i don't know if it was area or gendry someone commented on how you know who who you know killed all the people here and he said it was hoster tully they killed all the people and they mentioned gendry giving area like a strange look and um it wasn't the lannisters that did it because that was well before um you know it's been so long and tom's complaining about going back to riveron and Beric calls area over and Thoros begins to tell her of his vision, and he tells her the Riverrun is surrounded by lions, and they aren't, they're going to come under attack. And she's like, no, Rob's going to beat them. But Thoros is like, no, you know, I didn't see either there, your mother or Rob, and they may be gone already. I'm assuming that when he says gone, he means, does he mean dead or just gone from River? And I don't know. Yeah. I don't remember. <sighs> yeah. Like, I just don't remember this, but I mean, this, yeah. like, as a re- we should be ashamed to be oh i'm so shocked about cat and rob like yeah yeah this like some heavy like sledgehammer foreshadowing in this chapter because i yeah i kind of read that as he was talking about they could potentially be dead like yeah yeah, so (laughs) that's how i did too yeah Yeah. jeez um yeah and i don't again i didn't remember that until i read that right now it's been so long but um yeah the barrack and the men continue to argue where to take her and she's like okay i'm making a run for it and she's thinking how it's all her fault and she should have traveled alone from the start and gone straight to her mother you know she shouldn't have got up with this band of like hot pie and gendry and got off trail and um she hadn't gotten more than 50 yards from the stable when suddenly like they describe it as like he describes a mailed hand like closes around her arm and i'll read this you're hurting me she said twisting in a, in his grasp let go i was going to go back i back sandra clogane's laugh was iron scraping over stone bugger that wolf girl you're mine 
He needed only one hand to yank her off her feet and drag her kicking towards his waiting horse. The cold rain lashed them both and washed away her shouts, and all that Eric could think of was the question he'd asked her, do you know what dogs do to wolves? And it ends there. So that's how she ends up with Sandor. (laughs) And I mean, I'm, you know, obviously this isn't a shock to us at this point, but like, I'm so sad to lose the brotherhood. Right. It's a little window in. <laughs> yeah, like I just I've just enjoyed their you know, I've enjoyed the brotherhood, so it's kinda sad to like know that the next time we you know, the next time we see them it's just awful, you know, like Yeah. Between between this Thoros and the Thoros at the end of Feast, like my gosh, like that is yeah. and like what, you know, we don't you know, we never know what happens to Ned. Like, I think it's implied he's still like with like the other, you know, fact the Brotherhood. But like, Ned is so delight. You know, he's right. He seems decent. He's like a nice kid. boy. Yeah. Like, we like Ned, and you know, I know. And amongst even like you know the supporting cast, like they're so you know the next time we see them, they're so dark. You know, and like Har, I think Harwin is still in Feast when they have Brienne, and I mean like okay. they have all this kindness to them you know i mean they have a lot of kindness still to them here and it's just so you know it's really disheartening the next time we we kind of we run into them and see what's happened yeah well i mean that's sort of you know they have a purpose now that's starting to you can see the the strain that it's taking but it's it's gonna snap and i I think it's a good thing Ned is probably not with Lady Stoneheart, although I right. wonder where it end up. But yeah. yeah, yeah, and probably I'm sure this put even more strain on them once Area is gone. That was probably. I mean, I guess in one sense, you know, they don't have to worry about the logistics of dropping her off, but but they're probably her. coning, yeah, yeah, coning on that. Right. Oh man. So do do we have any mail for this chapter? We do. Um. So uh, Steel YM twenty three on Reddit. Uh, says, hi, all. I'd love to hear you talk about Ned Dane's conversation with Arya and his revelations about her father. It's understandable that the Dane family would have ill will towards Ned, given that he killed Arthur, but it seems much more complicated than that. Uh, young Ned, is he named for Ned Stark, claims that his nursemaid, Wyla, or is it Willa? I don't know, was yeah, Jon Snow's <laughs> real mother. He also revealed, well, we just talked about this, that his aunt told him, that Ashera Dane killed herself over her love, love for Ned Stark. To paraphrase George, why are they so obsessed with him? <laughs> um, I haven't drilled down into all the theories and conspiracies. At face value, I thought that the passage could be just be there to show that Arya, that even her hero can be, if not a villain, at least a complicated figure in someone else's story. This makes sense given that all she... she Sorry, this makes sense given that she hears all of it shortly before she meets back up with the Hound, a villain, who quote-unquote villain, who is much more complex figure in her and Sansa's sto- stories. By the way, shout out to comic genius Kendry for this gem. He must have found that bastard under Cabbage Leaf then. <laughs> I'm loving the reread. Thanks for Thanks so much for all of it. I mean, that's, you know, I guess, like, it's interesting. I never, you know, in theory, why wouldn't the Danes have a thing against Ned? But, I mean, they obviously don't in that Ned is named Ned. And then that the way Ned talked about, like, oh, I wanted to go talk to your father, but I didn't know what I would say to him. Which, you know, if you were, like, you know, all vengeancy, vengeancy, you would know what to say. You'd have a plan. You'd have been obsessing about it for years. 
Right. So it's more of like a we it's more of like the we had an awkward connection and you know, I don't know how to bring that up. Like Yeah. You're 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 connected to my family somehow and I you know yeah, and like how do I not make it weird? We don't know a lot about Ashera. We don't know what she was like. We don't know if she had some sort of, you know, mental illness and this was just you know, there may have been stuff complicated stuff that we're just not aware of i mean we don't know that she's dead i mean given all Uh, the various and stuff too so yeah i think i think um uh, steely ym uh, or steel ym 23 i think you made a good point i think it's it's aria starting to learn that you know not everything is black and white that things are much more complex that's part of it i think it's also giving us exposition yeah, and this, this you know this chapter comes right after a Danny chapter that talked about the tourney of Heron Hall, and then this chapter comes right before Jamie's um, Jamie and Brienne in the bear pit, which mm. starts with Jamie talking about how he was at Heron Hall and um, you know invested there and then forced to leave and stuff. So I mean, we get three chapters in a row that give different perspectives on the tourney at at Heron Hall, like almost smack in the middle of this book, kind of randomly. Yeah. We have a question from Savick who's sort of building on the same topic. Um, uh, I recently stumbled across the theory that it was not Ned Stark, but Howland Reed who fell in love with Ashera Dane at the tourney at Heron Hall. The theories also say that Ashera might be still still be alive, living with the Cranach men now. Supposedly Ned Stark just backs them up by not denying the rumors about his affair with Ashera. Hmm. Somehow I'm not really convinced in spite of the arguments. What do you make of that theory? I'm going to go with no on that, but that's me. I mean, what evidence is there? You know, I know that it's a popular theory in some crowds, but I mean, there's literally no textual evidence of this. Yeah, it kind of sounds like maybe people were looking for who's more, you know, another mysterious person to sort of match her up with, you know. And it seems like more likely than anything that it's, I mean, I always kind of got the impression that Ned was, you know, Ned had a thing for Ashara, but like she, she slept with Brandon. Well, mm. yeah, yeah, because I mean, obviously we know about John, and it, that right. wasn't from Ned, so yeah, we know that that didn't. Have well, to, you know. yeah, and I think there's some, you know, in the one of the very first things we hear about Heron Hall, like maybe it was from Barristan even, or maybe I don't know if we've come to that yet, but Barristan thinks about how you know she was in love with her, but she, you know, liked Brandon. Mm. And like Ned was shy or whatever. And it sounds like maybe Brandon, you know, was going to do some intros, but then just decided to, you know, have sex with her instead. <laughs> like, seems like a Brandon thing to do. So, I mean, I always kind of took it as if she did have like a miscarriage or a stillborn child or something that it was Brandon's, not. Not um, Ned's. Yeah. yeah. Or that, huh. you know, Ned did some service to the family yeah. by Ned Dane as Ned Dane. Because, yeah, it would be weird when you think about, like, you know, as far as anyone knows, Ned killed Arthur Dane, and yet Ned Dane is named Ned Dane. Like, yeah, that seems is weird, yeah. Yeah. So there's got to be a little bit more to the story there, one would think. Uh, Savick also asks, um, do you think the ghost of Highheart is communicating with Blood Raven through the Weirwoods? Is there some connection between these two? Maybe. I mean... You know, and if you think that, you know, if you think he's way up there and there's a connection with the children of the forest and she's a children of the forest, maybe? I guess it's possible. Um, 
Okay, so Buck O'Hare and Cardinal Girl seventy five in the Discord ask they, they sort of Buck O'Hare asked the first question and Cardinal Girl sort of um glomming onto that. So I'm gonna read them together. Um, why does George R. R. Martin complicate our this is Buck O'Hare. Why does George complicate our view of the Tullys here by describing Hoster's um Lannister comparable brutality? Cardinal Girl seventy five says, um, I'd counter that we already had a bit of a complicated view of the Tullys, or at least of the very least of Hoster, because we know what he did to Lysa in forcing her to abort Peter's baby. In a way, it's somewhat similar to what Tywin did to Tyrion with Tysha, sacrificing their family, their child's happiness for family honor. I don't know. I don't know that it's that Hoster's necessarily. I mean, I don't really see his. I mean, we learned that it was kind of brutal what he did, but at the same time, I kind of get it in the universe of the series. Well, I think in the passage, too, we get that, you know, Gendry gives Arya the book. And so I think maybe part of it, too, is that, um, you know, it's about Gendry. And Gendry, you know, Gendry um, doesn't have a side in the War of Five Kings. Gendry's side is the people, you know, the 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 small folk. And, like, the lords, no matter their house, can be, you know, can be shitty. And then, I mean, you know, gosh, this is so, I mean, this is why it's so maddening. Because this guy's an amazing writer if he's sort of planting the seeds for, you know, feast here where... We, you know, we have the, we actually have the Tullys versus the Lannisters, mm-hmm. but we're sort of suddenly presented with all the fun Lannisters in that battle. Like we have the Lannisters, but it's Jamie, Davin, and Jenna, mm-hmm. and like we like all of them. And the Tullys are, you know, Edmure, who isn't, you know, has very many good qualities, but is like, you know, really negatively presented. And the Blackfish, who's kind of, you know, being an honor for, you know honor for the sake of killing thousands of your men honor so it's almost like the beginning of it's like one sentence that's almost like a beginning of not a redemption arc of the lab of the lannisters but sort of like a yeah they're not like the big bad here like every house has its every house has its high points and low points and um you know i'm going to give you a little bit of that coming up right yeah it's i'm yeah, and Gendry, when he, fought, you know, it's like for him, too, it's like he's, that class divide is a big thing for him, and then, you know, him being Roberts, you know, it's like, oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Gendry is all about, you know, Gendry's all about the class war here. Yeah. That's what she got the side on. <laughs> and yeah. Lastly, Cardinal Girl 75 asks, why do you suppose the dwarf woman's visions were so focused on Stark's? Visions of the Red Wedding, what would happen with Sansa, and whatever it was that scared her so much about Arya. I'm assuming that's because that's how we're going to get the stuff across that's coming. And it will destroy the Riverlands, and it will... Or just, like, because Arya was there, you know? Like, Although I guess she had already seen the visions. Hmm. So she she wasn't seeing them when Arya was there. She was, like, recounting what she had seen. So, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, it, it's not like, you know, with what she envisions with the Sansa and the snakes and all that. I mean, that's going to throw the Seven Kingdoms into more turmoil. I mean, all this stuff is big stuff. Yeah, they're central to it. it yeah. It's it's not like she envisioned like a, you know, a small family thing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, of, of something. She's seen big world events here. That would be my answer. Mm-hmm. But that is what we have for mail. Okay. So that was a... That was an interesting chapter. 
got a lot in there. <laughs> okay. Um, let's see. Uh, you can reach us at closethedoorend at gmail.com on Tumblr at close the door and come here at tumblr.com. Submit questions to the chapter threads on the Jamie Brand subreddit. Um, follow us on at door podcast on Twitter. I don't know. We're not on threads yet, are we? I just joined threads. So I just, I just popped no, in my head. I, I need to get yeah. off Twitter. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out how you would do it as a non, like as oh, a non, because it would be right. normally tied to like an Instagram account, I think. So I just I thought about looking All at right. it. More to come. We'll announce it if we. Yeah, yeah. It seems out. like a lot of people are going over there. You know, I, sorry. Yeah. A little bit of a tangent, but seeing that Twitter, I keep thinking I need to like because I don't really post on Twitter, even though I you know have my name. But yeah, it'd be nice to be. Did you hear it's going to be called X now? Hmm. No. Know. Yeah, no. uh, something. I don't know. It seems like he's That's a terrible it, name. I don't know if it's a joke, but he's saying it's like as of this day, it's going to be known as X. I know. I know. Twitter or threads? Twitter. That's like a t- what? Why would you think <laughs> the name? Like, because he know. likes it's a cool name. I don't know. I don't know. Like I said, I just saw some posts time... about it. I don't know if it's fake. I don't know. I tried to look into it, but it's so bizarre. Every time I, I hear one real. of these things, I go and watch Glass <laughs> Onion for the umpteenth time. <laughs> What is it? Like, what what do you watch? Um, the Ryan Johnson sequel to Knives Out, Glass Onion. Oh, if, okay. If you haven't seen it, <laughs> it's haven't. it's really it's funny. It's um it's clearly even before Elon Musk was was about to take th- flamethrowers to Twitter. It's <laughs> it's clearly uh, one of the characters is clearly based on him. Okay, I'll have to check that out. It, it's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Anyway, maybe at some point people will be gone from Twitter, but uh, we're all we'll be in a lot of other places. So um, please like, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes, Podbean, Google Play, any place you might listen, and support us on Patreon at Close the Door. Uh, thank you again for a good episode, and I'm closing the door. Get out. Mm-hmm.